The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. Good evening, everyone. To welcome you all here. Anybody that's tuning in online, welcome as well. Start of the new year. I was thinking maybe lots of people would have made some New Year's resolutions and the whole place was going to be packed with people that were decided to meditate for the New Year. But that's good for the people that are here. Maybe we can uh, make the New Year's resolution, maybe sit, some, sit for longer, sit more regularly. I don't know. There's no real... Announcements, so, well, oh, is anybody, is this a first time for anybody? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you meditated before? Yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. So you, you know the, you know how to do it, yeah? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> okay. So usually, uh, uh, usually the way the, the night works is I lead a guided meditation for maybe, let's, let's call it, 45 minutes to an hour and then after that any questions that you might have you can ask some questions so same for anybody online if you want to put some questions in the chat box as well that's a, a good thing to do so yeah so we'll, we'll start off by start off by doing the meditation then so just take a comfortable seat If you do uh, have your phone on, now it's probably a good time to turn it off and put it down. Can even be quite nice to put it away from you, so it's not there and it's not in the back of your mind. And before we start, just try to settle into the present moment. Just bring your awareness to the feeling of the body sitting here. Any sounds that might be in the room or the sound of my voice. Take note of any feelings or mental states that you might be carrying with you from the day. Maybe you've been busy and feeling a bit restless, that you're glad to be here. Sort of notice whatever state it is that you inhabit at the moment. So 
Just anchor yourself with what you're doing right now. Putting aside your concerns or worries about the day. Spending this time to try to improve the quality of your mind. We can move our awareness throughout our body, scan your attention up and down the sphere of the body, start at the head and then move down through the neck and the face. Notice if there's any tension there in the face or in the neck, maybe some in the jaw. And if you do notice any tension throughout the body, just try to release that. Move your tension down through your shoulders down your arms, take note of the sensations in your hands, you can Continue to move your awareness down through your chest and your torso and notice the sensations associated with the breath. And down through your legs and down to your feet. So just for the next few minutes, just scan your awareness up and down the body in this manner, just noticing the ever-changing sensations.
any sounds that may come into contact with your ear. Try not to label them as either good sounds or bad sounds or sounds of specific things. But more try to notice quality of sound. That it's something that arises in our awareness. We don't have any choice about what we hear. We just hear these changing movements. They come into our awareness, they're there for a short while and then they and they leave. They're neither good sounds, bad sounds, but they're just simply sound. Pay attention to their impersonal nature.
Hopefully the mind has begun to settle down now. So now you can just rest your awareness in one place. You can observe the feeling and the sensations of the breath coming in and going out. either at the tip of the nose, or in the chest, or in the abdomen. Or whatever meditation object that you're most comfortable with. But whatever your object is, just Try to stay present and focused on that object. And if the mind does wander away, just simply bring it back when you notice. It's quite normal for the mind to wander off. And every time you do bring the mind back, just try to notice the breath in greater and greater detail. Refining and honing your attention more closer down on a single point.
as you hold your attention with the breath at one point, you may start to have some pleasurable experiences come up, either states of calm, one-pointedness and joy, or you might feel different kinds of pleasurable phenomena throughout the body, maybe the body feeling light or tingly or solid and still. Or maybe even interesting phenomena arises in the mind. Might be lights or patterns or imagery. If anything like this comes up, this is a good sign, obviously. But it's not something we want to get dragged into. We don't want to get pulled away or enamored by it. Practically speaking, a goal in meditation is to try to keep our mind with our object and whatever arises, either good or bad, just to notice that that's there, but then to put it down and try to remain with our object. And if you don't get any of these experiences, then that's not to worry either. If you put in the right causes by trying to keep your mind with your meditation object, these pleasurable and joyous states of stillness and calm will come. You just have to be patient and give it time. And it's not that everybody's states are the same. There's no use trying to think that you heard about a friend or somebody else that meditated and they had particular experiences questioning why haven't you had that experience yet. 
Each person experiences calm and stillness in a qualitatively different way. However it arises for you and whenever it arises, we determined on the kind of causes that you put in and the kind of causes that you put in are keeping your attention with your object. Again, if these interesting or pleasurable experiences come up, simply just notice that they're there. Try to come back to your meditation object. You don't want to be like a child that gets drawn to flashing lights and playful music. You want to try to stay with the object that you're keeping your awareness on. And if you can do this, then actually the level of stillness and calm and even those pleasurable kinds of feelings will go deeper and deeper.
in the last few minutes of the meditation, try to open up your field of awareness to try to encompass anything that you experience, including all the sensations in the body, the sounds, thoughts and feelings that drift through your mind. Try to remain broad and aware of it all. But don't try to pinpoint your attention on any one specific object. Instead, Try to notice the quality of attention. How it moves and flitters around. You may notice that if you have a pain in your leg or in your hip, your attention shoots down to that. Start to notice what happens when you move your attention there. What does the mind start to do? What do your thoughts start to do when you pay attention to that pain in your leg? Or notice when your attention gets pulled off by thoughts. And again, notice what's happening there. The thoughts that appear in your mind. What are they doing to the quality of your experience. Is what you're thinking determining what you're feeling? Or is what you're feeling determining what you're thinking? For the next few minutes, just try to notice how your attention moves and what that does to your experience in this moment. Now you can continue to ceaselessly interpret wherever your attention lands. Just notice this process.
is how quickly this process just automatically comes online. Wherever our attention gets dragged to, and we automatically start narrating what this experience is in our mind. The sound we hear, we label it as a car or somebody moving. We label it further as annoying. And we start to feel a certain way about it. We notice a pain in the leg. We label it as a pain and something that we don't want. And starts a whole cascade of thought of, should I move? How do I get away from this? When will this go away? Notice how quickly the mind rolls on this autopilot narration. And what this does to our experience. It's just is opening and explaining to us how quick this interpreting mind is and how we have to continually re-establish ourselves and try to tune in and drop in to the present of what we're experiencing over and over, if we're not to get pulled around and hypnotized by this interpreting mind, how we have to remain ever vigilant. And the more vigilant we are, the more we're able to not be deceived by this interpreting mind.
movement. Hopefully you all had a nice sit, relaxing, still sit. Has anybody made any New Year's resolutions around meditating? You're going to do it, yeah? You're going to do it more or you're going to do it less or it's, or it's all a... Sorry, more regular. Times of the day or as in... More times per day. Mm, nice, nice. Very good. No one's made the determination they'll be enlightened by the end of January or anything like that. No? It's good smart room. <laughs> There's one thing um, uh, I know in the first yeah, first few years I was practicing, um, well, that I started to practice, I should say, and uh, got obviously, you know, <laughs> here's the result. I got pretty serious about the whole thing, and um, yeah, made a lot of made a lot of determinations about um, you know what I wanted to do with my practice or what how I wanted my practice to be and these you know determinations they they can be a bit of a double-edged sword they can be you know on the one hand they are really really helpful they can uh, push you they can give you a sort of standard that you uh, want to want to live up to uh, they can actually get you to a point where you didn't think that you probably could with your meditation um, but the other side of it is the, the other side of the sword is that if you make these pretty uh, pretty extreme pretty extreme determinations uh, and they don't happen it can be a, a bit of a source of despondency of you know I, I you know I I sort of had the idea that it's like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and you know, by five years for sure, I'll be, I'll, I'll at least be like a sotapanna or something. I'll, I would have at least reached the first level of enlightenment. I, you know, and you know, by like three years, I definitely would have had all the jhanas and all these kinds of things by then. But, you know, and, and then all of a sudden, it's just okay. No, that's it. It seems to everything seems to be getting worse, and my mind seems to be getting more more chaotic and. <laughs> You know, I seem to be having even like worse and negative thoughts as like, but I, I thought I was getting closer to Nibbana, but it's like, it seemed like I was going in the other direction. It's like, why isn't this the way? So, you know, so having, having determinations and setting these things are very good, but we also have to, have to know as well that uh, sometimes we have to readjust and recalibrate them um, and that they're, they're not, they won't work out it, they will never work out exactly the way we thought. We just have to you know, sort of accept the way that they work out, but then continue to continue to move forward with them. So, yeah, they, they can be a they can be a you know, they can be a powerful thing, or they can be a extraordinarily frustrating thing as well. Anybody that's sort of tried to develop like an exercise regime will sort of know how frustrating they can be when you wake up and you don't want to go for a run or whatever it is. It's all of a sudden, you know, your first, your first, your first month of your diet, you lose, you lose a few kilos, and then it's like this is going great, this is awesome, my diet's awesome, 
And then the next month comes along, it's like, hang on, I'm not losing any weight, but I'm like working twice as hard now. And I'm, I'm, I'm torturing myself even more just eating salad. And, you know, I haven't had a piece of cake in like uh, in six weeks. Why aren't I losing any more weight? And you can get a bit despondent there. And so, you know, yeah, so, you know, times that by about 400 and you've, you've got like the kinds of suffering you can have from meditation goals. So. <laughs> Any questions in the room or? Yeah? So are you speaking specifically about pains that come up when you're meditating or pains in general in your life as well? In doing meditation. Yeah, yeah. So just for the benefit of anyone who's online that maybe didn't hear the question, the question was about how, how do we deal with pain that comes up as we're meditating? Um, pain is obviously a very salient thing and most of the time when we're trying to pay attention to something, pay attention to our breath, pain comes along and it actually, it can pull your attention down into that area. Um, and so the question was, am I doing the right thing by actually, um, you know, trying to observe it and just sort of see what happens? Is that a fair summary of the question? Yeah, okay. So there's the, just to just to qualify the first part of it, there's there's two main kinds of pains that you get when you meditate. Um, if you do have some sort of pre-existing condition, let's say you have like a slip disc in your back or something like that, and you sit and you sit and that becomes painful. That's that's a pain that's in your body that. Uh, that's there before you meditate. So that's not a pain that's arising from meditation. So those kinds of pain you have to be pretty careful with. Um, you know, if you've got like bad, really bad knees, don't sit on the floor, don't try to sit like lotus or whatever it is. But the second kind of pain are those pains that you're talking about, that they just arise naturally through meditation. You've been sitting on the floor for a little while, you start to get you know, numb, start to get pain, all these kinds of things. These are the, these are the you could say, like the standard kind of meditation pains. Um, and these are the ones that we can work with a little bit when we're meditating. These are the ones that we can actually learn a lot from. And so you there's many different ways that we deal with our pain when we're meditating uh they the, you know the first way is like the way that you said okay it, it becomes painful you put your attention there you, and you try to you could say use your wisdom to investigate it and to see okay well this is just a pain it's sort of arising this is how it feels i'm watching it change i'm watching it move um uh you know eventually it'll go away um and then, you know, it will sort of change and morph and move and then eventually it might just sort of drop away. 
um, you can you, you can do that and if you find that that works well for you and then you can keep your attention there and sort of notice it come and go that's a good thing some people uh, find that that just makes it worse and you if they put their attention on it it's like it just becomes exacerbated it, it feels worse and worse and worse because they're paying more and more attention to it um, so sometimes it is good to in a way ignore it and try to go back to just go back to the breath so just say you're doing the breath you notice that there's a pain there it's just like oh, right don't fine don't worry i'm not worried about that at the moment i'm just gonna go back and watch the breath um so and you know there's 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 a myriad of other ways that you can do it but the the point i'm trying to get at is you you sort of have to find the way that works for you you have to find what actually it enables you to sit with that and accept that pain to some extent because you don't want to just have a pain and have it be bad and go as soon as there's a pain i want to move you do want to try to accept it to some extent and try to move through it a little bit a little bit but not not to the point where you're just you, your body's on fire and you, you you can't you can't just you can't focus at all if it gets to that point yeah obviously you move but you do want to try to work with it a little bit and the uh you'll notice whatever way that you've sort of come up with in that point in time whether it's ignoring it or whether it's observing it more or whether it's using your wisdom more with it you'll start to notice that that will start to work because it won't how would you say the pain will still be there, but it'll be manageable. It'll be manageable. It's like, okay, there's a pain in my leg and it's bad and you know, it's okay, it's there, but it's you know, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. I can get through it. And yeah, you get you know, you just get through it and then it comes back again and you have to do it all again and it goes and goes away for a little while and then comes back again. It gets a bit worse next time. So you're always sort of doing this balancing act between whatever method I can use to accept that pain for however bad it is at that point in time. And as the, your skill in accepting that gets better, you'll be able to sit for longer. And you'll be able to sit for longer so your pain will get more. But your also your acceptance level will be getting stronger as well. So it's something that works in tandem. The more you can accept this pain that you experience, the longer you'll be able to sit, the more you'll be able to stay with it. And um, it, it's something it's something that you can you can work on. And I've um, I've said it before a few times. With say for example with pain, say for example your pain thresholds like here, kind of thing. Just try to go past it a little bit. You know, just go past a little bit what you can uh, uh, like that you can handle. If you try to go, I'm going to go like way past it. You'll start to feel despondent about it and sort of going, I was like, no, that was just too much. I don't want to do that again. So what you want to be doing is getting up to this point where you know that this is your pain threshold, but just trying to go back, go past it just a little bit. And then if it's like too much, you can't handle it, fine, pull back, change your position, do whatever you want to do. The, because the habit that you don't want to develop around that is, say, that's your pain threshold, and you know that this is your pain threshold. You don't want to get up to this point and go, 
okay, I know this is going to be too much thing, but I'll pull back now. Because what happens if you do that, you get up to this point just before and you pull back, your pain threshold gets less. It's less and less and you can't sit for long. So you, that, that's when you start to get to the point of you can only sit for five minutes and you get fidgety and you want to move around. So you always try to push against it just, just a little bit. Obviously not too much where it's sort of like driving you nuts kind of thing. But yeah, so that's a, that's a long answer to that. But it's uh, in essence, it, it is something that you have to work with yourself. You have to find your own a method to, to actually deal with it. And if you find like keeping your attention on it and using your wisdom makes it go away, then that's fine. Um, if you find just ignoring it works is fine. Whatever, again, whatever works, there's no sort of like, you know, right way to do it. It's um, because every time you get a pain there, it's, something's going to change. So I can say there's, this is the right way to do it now, but like next week, it's it's not going to be the right way to do it. So you have to keep sort of battling with it and sort of knowing what's coming up and observing what's coming up anew every time and, and developing different ways to do it. But what you're doing now seems fine. So, yeah. Hopefully that answers the question. Yeah. Any other questions in the room or...? Should we launch to the virtual questions? Yeah. Thank you, Ajahn. Uh, the first question here is from Germany. Hmm. How do you know you are meditating and not just observing your body without getting peace? Thank you kindly. The two are pretty, the two are quite interrelated. Um, if I understand the question correctly, it sounds like the kind, the method that you're using is observing the sensations in your body, observing the sensations come and go. And, uh, you know, that's potentially leading to some kind of peace. I'm going to assume that that's what you mean. Um, and if you're doing something like that, then then that is you know meditating. Meditating, it it really does encompass a lot of things. Um, it does. It, there's a lot of different techniques. There's you know, like hundreds and hundreds of techniques that you can be doing that could be classed as a meditation. But if you have, um, but also then, but then saying that not everything is meditation. There's this kind of okay, I'm you know I'm. You know, whatever I'm mindfully vacuuming the floor or I'm mindfully coloring in or I'm like you know I'm, I'm mindfully like tapping my my key card on the bus or whatever it is that that's not I, I wouldn't really consider that a meditation um, it's a form of mindfulness and it's a form of being aware but it's not actual like a formal meditation for for it actually to be a meditation it does you do have to have like a, a formalized, time where you're putting aside time in your day to spend towards uh, you know changing the quality of your mind in some way or that you have some kind of goal that you're 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 trying to move towards so it is like a formalized thing that you do set aside a bit of time in the day to actually do that whether you're sitting walking doing yoga whatever it is um 
So you have to be doing this kind of formalized practice to for it actually to be at least start off to be considered a meditation. If you're just you know, sitting on the couch watching TV and you're and you're become aware of the sensations in your body and it's like okay this you know this feels nice then that's not meditating that's that might be being mindful and aware for a short moment but that's i wouldn't really call that meditation um it's better than being mindless and, and unconscious but it would be hard to sort of throw that under the rubric of meditation. So, but if you are, if you, let's just say you've, you're in Germany, I'm, I'm guessing it may be the morning now in Germany. I, I don't know anyway, but I'm guessing uh, you've sort of set aside this time. You've obviously come to this Monday night meditation here. So you are actually doing some meditation, some formal meditation right now. And you are trying to be aware of the sensations that are coming uh, up in your body, then that's then you are actually technically meditating then because you're you know you've set aside that time and you're you're actually trying to develop your mind in that particular way and you're using that particular method of observing the sensations in the body and if that is making your mind calm, well then you are like doing it right you're observing the sensations in the body and it's making you calm and that you're doing that right in the in the rubric of meditation so hopefully hopefully i interpreted your question okay and it's that that's just how i interpreted it so hopefully that answered the question thank you ajahn okay uh the second question here there are a couple of other ones that have come in as well so we're about five minutes to go yep. so. we can rapid fire it so um, this one's a bit difficult to work out, but by practicing 16-step meditation, will it help me to be with my breath always for the, I presume it's for the rest of the day while attending to my work? I'm not sure what 16-step meditation is. Um, uh, so in not knowing what 16-step meditation is, I'm just going to assume that it greatly encompasses doing, being mindful of the breath at some point. And so the more you're formally sitting or walking and uh, keeping your mind with the, the breath, the more strength that will give your mind and the more you develop that habit and that skill to be able to do it throughout the day. So again, it's, it's building up this the more you actually do the formal meditation, the more it should transpose into your day as well. So, yeah, hopefully that's just like a quick answer, quick answer to the question because I'm not 100% sure of it, but yeah. Uh, the next question here is how, how to extend the breath meditation to Vipassana? Yeah, it's, you know, this sort of maybe opening a can of worms but it's uh, you know what is vipassana what is what is you know, yeah, yeah. Well, let's not get into that now though it's like four minutes to go it's, so um so the general thing that you want to be trying to do um and this is something you know a lot of the great 
Thai forest meditation masters have really emphasized quite a lot is you want to be trying to develop some kind of calm in your mind, whether that's through doing anapanasati, watching the breath, you're using that sort of single object to make your mind calmer and calmer and calmer, or as calm as you can and possibly get it. And then when the mind has become calm, it'll, what will happen is the mind will just sort of stop and rest and it'll, you know, uh, it'll be relaxed for a little while, but then after that period, then the mind will start to move and work again. And, um, uh, and that's usually the time you try to come back to the breath, but there does come a point where it's like, okay, not the mind's just like continually going now. So this is a time where you can use that, that, you know, that power that you've developed through the calm in the mind to actually do some kind of develop some kind of uh, insight, develop some kind of clarity around a particular kind of phenomena that you're looking at. If you're, uh, as if you're using Vipassana in the manner of trying to wisely see things arise and pass away, then after doing Anapanasati, making the mind a little bit calm and then moving towards that contemplation, that will make that better. So it's about, it's about finding the balance between the two. It's not to say that you do Anapanasati for five minutes and then you do Vipassana for five minutes and you do Anapanasati for five minutes. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's trying to find the natural, the natural balance of the mind becomes calm through Anapanasati, then you start to investigate and because the mind is a little bit more active, but the more you do Vipassana and the more you investigate wisely and clearly, what will happen, again, that will gather more strength and that will make the mind calm down again. So if you're doing Vipassana and it's just sort of leading in this spiral of thinking about you know, thinking about many, many different things and it's leading in the wrong way, your Vipassana should be leading you towards more calm, which would sort of lead you back to doing the Anapanasati again. So there's no, there's no like two to one ratio of Anapanasati to Vipassana. It is something that you have to sort of work out a little bit for yourself and you have to uh, 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 measure that by what, how much sort of calm is coming about in the mind. One more question? Yep. Okay. You're going to ask me about the nature of the self or so, something? Or? So this one is from Germany. It's from the same person. He yeah. did say yeah. at the time you answered it, it was 10.56 a.m. as well. Okay, great. Okay. So uh, his second question was, uh, or is, how do you meditate when good friends, when a good friend has just died mm. and you are very sad? Mm. You know, if you're very, if you're very sad, if you're sort of overwhelmed, and if you really are in the grips of being overwhelmed in quite a strong way, it's really, really hard to meditate at that time. So potentially it's not the greatest time to meditate then. Try to, but that's not to say you throw the practice away, um, but if you're starting to feel like overwhelmed because uh, overwhelmed with grief because of your friend, it's probably a better thing to get up, 
try to do something else, uh, try to get your mind off it a little bit. And then when you, when the kind of the grief and anguish or whatever it is that you're feeling has sort of subsided a little bit, then you can go back and actually do some meditation. And the, so you, you probably won't be doing meditation where you make the mind peaceful and still at that point in time it might be very hard to just to focus on one on one thing just to focus on the on a meditation object or to focus on the breath or something like that you might have to do some kind of meditation where you're actively using your mind in some way to to develop develop something so you could be potentially trying to to think that you know this is just something you know, this is something that normal that happens in life. This is something that we're all subjected to. This is something that, you know, you, you can't choose the time when something like this will happen, but this, you know, this does happen to everyone. It's, it's not like it's not fair for one person or, or fair for another. It, this is just sort of the way life is and everybody is susceptible to this. So, most of the time it's better to try to at least use that time to develop some wisdom but then also maybe use that time to try to develop some thoughts about the good qualities of that person and how fortunate and how lucky you were to be around that person how fortunate you were to share your life with them um and try to in a way try to make your mind a little bit more positive than just sort of like you know dropping down into the negative of they're gone and all these kinds of things try to actually think and recollect how fortunate you were to actually have them in your life so i guess the you know the short answer is don't expect your meditation to be great like when you are in the like pangs of grief or something like that um it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be great. It's, it's going to be more, it will be a little bit more of a, a fight to do it and it will be more of a fight to sort of push against the negative emotions that might be coming up. But the big thing to remember when somebody's passed away and we're doing meditation is, is that coming to the realisation that, like, that, 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 it, that it can be no other way. There's no... There's no way this, your, your experience can change. This is just the way it is right now. Right now, things are like this. But they won't always be like this. It can't, it can't always stay this way. The grief, the anguish that you're feeling, the, it, it can't be like that forever. Um, and but just right now that this is this is exactly how it is and this is not if you can try to accept this this isn't like running away from it this is actually accepting it at the most deepest level and if you can see that and, and if you can have that wisdom it does you could say lessen the kind of psychological suffering around something like that so if we can develop this quality of just starting to realize that well okay this is the way it is and grief is this way but it won't be like this forever it does make it a little little bit easier but you know 
don't you know don't expect it to be uh, you know, don't expect to be you know sitting in like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy, happy, peaceful, joyous states. You know, it's not this, not the kind of meditation you'll be doing at this point in time. So it's a, but it's all, it is also a good time to learn a lot about your mind as well. So, so with that, might might call it a night. And thank you all for coming. Really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody online that asked some questions. Very good.